together to worship, and uh, um, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, true shepherds and, and wolves today. And so for our call to worship, we're going to look at uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter 34, and then later in Acts chapter 20, we'll see Paul warning the Ephesian elders against wolves that will come up from among them. So we're going to be focusing today on uh, watching out for, for the wolves. <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 34. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the, flat, the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool, but you slaughter the fatlings and you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. And no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed the flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. I will bring them out from the, sh the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and all the inhabited places of the country. I will lead them in good pasture and their folds shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in the rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away, bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and strong and feed them in judgment. Let's pray together. Lord God, we're so thankful uh, that you are our shepherd. And we thank you for the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, who laid down his life for the sheep. Lord, we thank you that he is the door for the sheep and that we enter through him 
and we are safe. And we find good pasture, we find still waters, we find what we need for our souls as we rest under the care of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for uh, his provision for us, and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather, to assemble. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have to offer you our praise and worship. As our shepherd, we are content. We have everything that we need. We are safe, we are secure, and we are held in your arms. And we thank you and, and we give you praise. And Lord, we pray that as we worship this day, that you would be exalted, that we would be encouraged. Lord, that you would feed us, that you would watch over us, you would bind up what is broken, you will heal that which is sick. We pray that you would minister to our hearts this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Right, I'm going to ask you to take out your hymnal. And right, if you would take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, be our text today. We're continuing to look through the farewell address that, G, that Paul makes to the uh, Ephesian elders. As he is on his way to Jerusalem, he passes about 20 miles from Ephesus, a place where he had ministered to the people, to the church there for three years. But he wasn't, doesn't want to be delayed on his trip to Jerusalem. So instead of going to Ephesus, he calls the elders of the Ephesian church to himself where he gives this final address. And our text today will be focused on verses 28 through the end of the chapter, verse 38, as he concludes his address by warning those elders to beware of wolves, to watch out for the wolves. But we'll... Uh, look at the entirety of this address to make sure that we set it in its context. So I'll begin reading in verse 16 of chapter 20, where we studied for several weeks, and our text will be uh, focused on verse 28 and following. So Acts chapter 20, beginning in the 16th verse, the word of the Lord says, For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus, so that he would not have to spend time in Asia. For he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, they said to him, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews." How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but pro proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of, gra to the, gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. 
Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Our text today begins in verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among the Holy Spirit, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse Things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I've coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel, Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for the truth of it. And Lord, we stand before your word challenged to be discerning and to examine the fruit of those who come claiming to be elders, claiming to be overseers, claiming to be shepherds or pastors. And Lord, the responsibility that we have to inspect the fruit and to distinguish the true from the false so, Lord, we pray that as we study your word, your Holy Spirit would equip us to be discerning fruit inspectors and help us to embrace that which is true and to run, to flee from that which is false. And Lord, we pray for churches all across our land that you would raise up true and faithful shepherds that would faithfully teach, feed your sheep, lead your sheep, and care for your sheep, that there might be a revival, a revival of repentance of sin and turning to Jesus, a revival of healthy churches where your word is faithfully proclaimed and the sheep are built up and are strong and are mature and reproducing. Lord, raise up a generation of shepherds that will lead in truth and integrity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
You know, the greatest sermon ever preached, probably the Sermon on the Mount, preached by the greatest preacher who ever lived, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus gathered his disciples to himself and he opened his mouth and he taught them that great sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus warns his followers and the crowd that had come in around them about false shepherds, false prophets. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told his followers, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And then he tells them, You will know them by their fruits. He asked the men, Gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. And Jesus tells them, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad, free, bad tree bear good fruit. And he says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. You're not going to know them by their dress. They come in sheep's clothing. You're not going to know them by their uh, eloquence. Perhaps they are very gifted speakers, effective communicators. Maybe not even going to know them by their, by their passion and their energy and their activity level. Jesus says, by, your, by their fruit, you will know them. And so at the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus warned his followers about false prophets. Wolves in sheep clothing. And here, at the, uh, near the conclusion of Paul's ministry, he issues the same warning to the elders at the church at Ephesus where he had labored for three years with tears and now he was on his way to Jerusalem. He knew that the church at Ephesus would never uh, see his face again. He would never be able to go back there. And he knew that at his departure, savage, ravenous wolves would arise. And so he issues this warning. He tells them to watch out for the wolves. Beware of the wolves. They will come among you and they will not spare the flock. And as he gives this warning, he actually gives a, a, a checklist, a, a way that we can determine the false from the true. And he holds us up, as we've talked about this, he holds up his ministry among them as a comparison to help them recognize the wolves that will come among them. And so as we look at this text, we're going to look at the marks of a true shepherd so that we can be discerning, so that we can determine the true from the false. The shepherds from the wolves. And so he gives us uh, a series of things that we can look for when one comes and claims to be an elder, claims to be an overseer, claims to be a shepherd, a pastor. Paul gives us things that we can look for, a checklist to determine the true from the false. 
And first, the first thing that we see that a true shepherd watches out for himself. The true shepherd watches out for himself. Paul has called to himself the Ephesian elders, and they are leaders of the church. They are elders. They are also overseers. The word uh, is the word that's translated bishop. And they are also to shepherd the church, and that's the word that is translated pastor. So the word elder, overseer, pastor, three different words that apply to the same office of the church. And so Paul tells these elders, these overseers, these pastors, that they are to watch out for themselves. He says that these wolves are going to come, and he says that these wolves will actually come up from among you. He says, I know this, verse 29, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flag, and also from among yourselves, men will rise up. And so these false teachers, some of them will come from within the church, among the elders, among the overseers, among the pastors. And so a true shepherd is a man who takes heed to himself, who watches out over himself, who watches out over his doctrine and his character. A true shepherd is a man who engages in self-examination and examines his lifestyle, his character, his doctrine, and he examines himself in light of the qualifications of an elder, an overseer, a pastor that Paul lays down in 1 Timothy and Titus. He examines his life according to those characteristics, ensuring that there is nothing disqualifying in him. He watches out over his own life and he evaluates himself. Now, of course, all these men and all elders, all pastors, all overseers are sinners. But they watch out to guard against a pattern of sin, a, a habitual sin, a life-dominating sin. A sin is not identified and forsaken and put off. The true shepherd watches out over himself and he watches out over his doctrine and he makes sure that his life, his character, does not contradict the doctrine which he preaches. The true shepherd takes heed to himself. Second, we see the true shepherd takes heed to all the flock. He watches out over the flock. The true shepherd recognizes his responsibility to, to, to protect the flock and to watch out over them. He takes heed for the flock and he sees that if there are any that are, that are strained, if there are any that are going away, if there are any that are in danger, the shepherd has the tool, the, the staff, where he pulls that little wayward sheep back to himself. The shepherd has the, uh, uh, the, 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 the responsibility to watch out after the sheep. And as we saw God's word to Ezekiel and the shepherds of Israel, he talked about the, the irresponsible shepherds, but in doing that, he told us the, the job description of a faithful shepherd. A shepherd is to feed the sheep. He is to strengthen the weak. He is to heal the sick. He is to bind up the broken. He is to bring back that which has wandered away. And he is to seek after that which is lost. And so the true shepherd watches out 
over the sheep. The true shepherd does not see the sheep as existing for his own benefit, but he sees himself as existing for the benefit of the sheep, the benefit of the flock. The wolf might see the the church as an opportunity, a place to have a job, a place to to, to get a good income, a, a platform where he can exercise his gifts and make a name for himself. The wolf might see the church existing to serve him. And he slaughters the fat and he rules with cruelty, as God said in Ezekiel. The wolf sees the church as existing for his benefit. The true shepherd sees that he exists for the benefit of the church. And he is to protect, he is to watch out over them. Strengthening the weak, healing the sick, binding up the broken going after the one that's wandered away and seeking the lost, feeding the sheep. He recognizes that the church does not exist for him, but he exists for the church. And he also recognizes that the church does not belong to him. It's not his church. He is simply an under-shepherd of the good shepherd. Paul says, take heed to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so the church, the flock, the sheep, is an assembly of people for whom Christ has died and people who have come to a realization of their sinfulness and their need for a Savior. Those that have heard the voice of the Good Shepherd and turned from their sin and followed Him and find life and they come together. The church has been purchased by Christ with His own blood. The church belongs to Christ. And the true shepherd does not draw disciples to Himself, but He points to Jesus Christ, the true shepherd, the Good Shepherd. And he recognizes that the church does not exist to serve him, but he exists to serve the church and to watch out after them, to keep them from going astray, but also to watch out after them and and to to, to drive away the wolves, to drive away the thieves, to drive away those that might come and scatter the sheep. The shepherd has two voices, one that gathers the sheep and one that runs off the thief. In the scripture, the word of God equips him to do both, John Calvin says. Two voices, one to gather and comfort the sheep and one to drive away those that might come to steal, to kill, and destroy. The true shepherd watches out for the flock, recognizing that the flock is not there for him and he is not to gather the flock to himself, but he is to point to the Lord Jesus Christ who purchased the sheep with his own blood. The true shepherd takes heed to himself and takes heed to the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has made him an overseer. The third thing we see about a true shepherd in this passage is a true shepherd cuts it straight, proclaims the word of God a simple message of salvation by grace. Paul says, For I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. And so 
So the wolves twist, pervert, corrupt the pure gospel of God's grace. The good news of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. The wolves will come in and twist that gospel. Twist that message and add man-made traditions or man-made doctrines. Maybe adding works to that which is, uh, uh, is by God's free grace. The true shepherds will cut it straight. The true shepherds will be like the Apostle Paul. Saying when he was at the church of Corinth. He sought to know nothing among them except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul talks to the, to the church at Corinth. He says, uh, uh, he says, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or with wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and in Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear, and much trembling, and my speech, my preaching were not with pervasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The true shepherd preaches Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The only hope for sinners, the only way to salvation, the true shepherd cuts it straight, rightly divides the word of truth, proclaiming, the good news of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Not in human wisdom, not in marketing, not trying to dry out, draw a crowd. But he preaches the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel that is so simple that a child can understand it and repent and believe. But it's also so profound that we can spend uh, uh, 52 weeks a year for a whole lifetime, 70, 70 years and not exhaust the beauty and the wonder and the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The true shepherd, I know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The wolves want to draw disciples away after themselves, and so they'll come with slick marketing or slick uh, 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 presentation, with their wisdom, with their human philosophy. To draw disciples after themselves. To gather a crowd that will be loyal to them and not to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, from among yourself men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. The true shepherd preaches the clear message of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. A holy God created us in his own image so we could know him. But we all sinned and cut ourselves off from God. But in love, God became a man in Christ Jesus. Jesus lived a sinless life and died on the cross to take the punishment that we deserve. Purchasing the sheep with his own blood. Laying down his life for the sheep. And taking it up again. And calling his sheep to himself. And because they know his voice, they follow him. And they have life. The true shepherd does not gather disciples after himself, but points the sheep to the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep and took it up again and preaches the simple message, Jesus Christ, and him crucified. Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. The true shepherd 
watches out after himself. He watches out after the flock. He cuts the word of God straight. He rightly divides it, proclaiming the gospel of grace through faith in Christ. And the true shepherd serves with humility and the willingness to suffer. Verse 31, therefore watch and remember, for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul says he did not shrink back. We talked about this the last couple weeks. He did not shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of the word of God. He did not hold back anything that was profitable. Calling the sheep to examine their hearts, their lives, to see sin that remained, to put it out in the light so they could do battle with it and put it to death. Paul, for three years, served in humility with tears of brokenness and also his willingness to suffer. The true sheep is, the true shepherd is willing to suffer. But the wolf, when he sees the thief or the robber coming, he runs away because he does not care for the sheep. He does not want to suffer. He simply wants to gather disciples for himself. But the true shepherd is willing to suffer for the sheep. The true shepherd also trusts in God and his word that is able to build up. Verse 32, so now brethren I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And so his trust is not in his uh, his, his methodology, it's not in his own personal charisma, his eloquence, his ability to speak, his human wisdom, the philosophy of this age. No, the true shepherd commends them to God who can be trusted to hold on to his sheep. The shepherd is not, I mean, the wolf is, is confident in his own abilities. The shepherd is confident in God's ability to hold on to the sheep, to protect them, to provide for them. And to the word of his grace. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Again the shepherd is not gathering disciples after himself. Making them dependent on him. But entrusting them to God and his word. And his word. The word of grace is what edifies. And what preserves and, and enables the saints to persevere. So the true shepherd's confidence is not in his own abilities, his own giftedness, his own eloquence, but in God and his word of grace. That's what builds up. That's what gives life. That's what empowers the sheep to persevere and endure. The true shepherd commends the sheep to God in the word of his grace. And then next, verse 33, the true shepherd does not serve for money. Now Paul has a right to be supported by those that he teaches and preaches. The Bible tells us that those who labor in, in, uh, in, in teaching, those elders are worthy of double honor. 
The scripture tells us we are not to muzzle the ox while he's treading out grain. The scripture tells us that those that are taught should share all good things with their teacher. Paul had the right to receive support to those that he ministered to, to those that he pastored, to those that he shepherded, to those that the Holy Spirit made him an overseer. He had that right. And yet, most of the time, Paul forwent that right. He, he foregoed that right. Instead, what did he do? He said, yes, you yourselves know I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. Paul had the right to be supported by those he taught, and yet he did not uh, demand that right. And most of the time he uh, did not allow the churches to support him. He worked with his own hands. He did not want to be accused of being a wolf that was only in it for the money. He did not want to be accused of, 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 of enriching himself through the proclamation of the gospel. He didn't want people to think that this collection that he was making for the poor saints in Jerusalem was actually for himself. He did not want to be able to be accused of just selling the gospel, selling his message. And so what did Paul do? He worked at other jobs. He was a tent maker. And he provided for his own needs with his own hands. And he also provided in such a way that he was able to be a giver. He says in verse 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. The true shepherd recognizes the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So the true shepherd's not in it for the money. The wolf, and you look through the New Testament, you can see false teachers, and you see many, many times, we see the motivation of the false teachers to enrich themselves. To, uh, uh, you know, God talked to Ezekiel about the, the, the shepherds abusing the sheep and eating the fat, clothing himself in the wool. But the true shepherd, the true shepherd's not in it for the money. He doesn't covet the silver or gold or apparel. He does what he can to provide its own needs. And he recognizes that it's more blessed for him to give than to receive. The church does not exist for the shepherd. The shepherd exists for the church. And the true shepherd isn't in it for the money. And so Paul gives us a checklist, a way to evaluate those who come before us, saying the Holy Spirit has made me an overseer over you. I've been called to shepherd, to pastor this flock. I've been called as an elder to lead the sheep, to lead the church. And Paul gives us a checklist, a checklist to examine the fruit of those who claim to be elders, overseers, and pastors. The wolves are arrogant. The true shepherd is humble. The wolves see the, che the, the flock is existing to feed them and clothe them. The shepherds see themselves 
existing for the good of his sheep, to watch over, to protect them from themselves and from the thieves and robbers who want to kill, steal, and destroy and scatter the flock. The true shepherd serves with humility and tears, willing to suffer for the sheep. The wolf is arrogant and proud and wants to gather disciples for himself, and when danger comes, he runs away. The true shepherd does not draw disciples after himself, but points the sheep to the Lord Jesus. And entrust them to God and to the, to the word of his grace. He does not make the sheep dependent upon him. But he points them to the Lord Jesus who purchased the flock with his own blood. And so the scripture equips us to be discerning to determine the true from the false, the wolves from the true shepherds. It gives us a checklist so that we might examine the fruit. And then Paul, when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. Sorry most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. So in this concluding address, Paul the humble man holds up the ministry that he had performed among them with humility and tears, willing to suffer, not holding anything back that would be helpful and profitable to them. Watching out for himself and his doctrine, watching over the sheep and the flock. Working with his hands to provide for his needs. And entrusting the church to God and his word. And cutting the gospel straight knowing nothing among them but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He held up his own ministry and contrasted it with the ministry of the wolves so that the church could discern the true from the false. In God's providence, he has preserved that for us so that we can be discerning and we can Evaluate our shepherd, our pastor, by this standard. And if we get to the place where we merge, we look at the shepherds that might be among, among us, and we use this criteria to examine the, the, the fruit of those who claim to be shepherds so that we might distinguish the true from the false. May God make us discerning by his grace. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the truth of it. And Lord, we, I, 
stand before your word humbled and ask for the grace to take heed to myself. And to take heed to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made me overseer. Lord, I pray for the grace to shepherd your church, which you purchased with your blood. And Lord, I thank you for a congregation who loves me and supports me and holds me accountable to these standards. And Lord, recognizing that I can be blind to my faults. And I pray for a church that will hold me accountable and help me see where I might be falling short. And Lord, I pray that you make us discerning. Help us to be good inspectors of fruit. Help us to examine character, teaching, manner of life according to your word and your standards. And help us to always be able to determine the true from the false. And to flee from that which is false. And to gather and submit to those that are true. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's take our hymnal and turn to him 600 and... All right, our benediction will come from the book of Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. May he make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.